ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from Gadigal Land. This is ABC News Daily. As we head into summer, communities in high-risk areas are being urged to get ready for the worst bushfire season since the Black Summer fires of 2019-2020. But how much assistance are they getting now? And who will come to help them if the fires they're being warned about eventuate? Today, we speak to two homeowners who've lived through it all before and are taking matters into their own hands. I'm Simon Geraghty. I'm a resident of the Wollombi Valley. I'm also part of the committee that's building out the Greater Wollombi Valley Community Resilience Network. Simon, there have been dozens of fires burning across Queensland and New South Wales already this year. For many, it was a night from hell. Fires on the New South Wales-Queensland border raged into the morning. An emergency in the south of Queensland has now become a cross-border disaster. The New South Wales township of Jennings and its Queensland neighbour, Wollongarra, both coming under serious threat. It was the most scariest thing we've ever experienced. The wind was just sucking into the fire. The fire was drawing it in. It was, it was like some vortex tornado thing. Uh, just crazy. We've had months of warnings that this is going to be a dangerous fire season. How are you feeling about the summer ahead? Well, you're right, Sam. There sure have been a lot of fires even before summer has arrived. Mm. So it is concerning. After the black summer fires in late 2019 and early 2020, there were huge areas where it was hard to see them burning for many years to come. Yes. But of course, we've had major rainfall and flooding events for the next three years following those fires, culminating in massive floods in the Wollombi Valley in July last year. So with all that rain, the bush has recovered really quickly and there's now a lot of fuel back on the ground. Mm. And to top that off... We've only had around 30% of the normal rainfall this year, so that fuel on the ground is really dry. Mm. Just tell me a bit more about where you live, because your community was one of so many around the country that experienced those major fires during 2019. So I live in the Wollombi Valley, west of Newcastle and north of Sydney. I should mention the word Wollombi means meeting place of the waters. The landscape in the, in the valley has lots of small valleys which kind of follow the streams in the catchment and that has a big impact on communications. Mobile coverage is limited to only three areas along the main road through the valley. 2019 was the third year of drought for us. We knew we needed to be prepared, so we thought we were kind of ready for a fire season. Fire activity across the state has again increased this afternoon, with flames threatening towns and communities. Three bushfires burning north of Sydney have joined to create what's been dubbed a mega blaze. It's a case of watching and waiting for residents around Wollombi, east of the Little L fire burning in the Yengo National Park. So we decided to stay and defend the property. It took two days to burn through our little valley of 22 properties. We lost one house, lots of sheds, 
bridges, power poles, landlines. But we were lucky. Although the conditions were extreme, they weren't catastrophic like they were in some other parts of the state. Well, given the events of 2019, are you prepared or perhaps more prepared now if there is another extreme fire episode in your area this year? Yeah, well, as a small valley community, the 22 properties, we learned a lot out of the Black Summer fires. And for the first time, we all came to know each other and started talking about how to be better prepared. We formed an association and successfully applied for a grant from the Bushfire Local Economic Recovery Fund. And this has funded firefighting equipment, things like blowers and brush cutters and personal protective equipment. It's also funded mapping of the valley and we've got funding for improved communications. And we also set up two WhatsApp groups to keep everyone informed about important information or just to chat about what's happening in the valley. So we're more knowledgeable and we're better prepared than we were in 2019. My name's Steve Pascoe. I live in a place called Strathewan, which is about 50 kilometres northeast of Melbourne. My background is in disaster management, uh, but I'm also a very strong community member. Uh, and that's uh, helped us through the outcomes of Black Saturday in 2009. So, Steve, tell me more about Black Saturday in 2009 and how it affected your town. Just take me back there briefly, even though I know that would be difficult. No, that, that, that's fine. So Black Saturday 2009, we were impacted by the East Kilmore fire. Uh, East Kilmore is about 40 kilometres to the north west of us and uh, as it turned out our our little valley was impacted very severely i seen that fire come over there and i've never seen anything travel that fast in my life and uh, i was very very concerned i knew that i was scared concerned very very, very scared uh, pretty upsetting you know we love the town and it's, most of it's gone to lost friends and still a lot a lot of people unaccounted for and that so did quite a few people die in this street at least 12 to 14 in the five. one street yeah uh, and that's that's the upsetting part about it because that's our community who we've known for the last 20 years at least 25 people have been killed in victoria's worst bushfire since ash wednesday and the death toll is expected to rise so it's it's sort of in a kind of the worst case scenario a community of about 120 something properties and on that day we lost about 80% of our homes and everything else, and 29 people died in this area. Yeah, devastating. Was it a surprise to you that there were no warnings on that day for people to get out? It was a pretty terrible day. We were directly in the line of the fire. We had a, a smoke column over us most of the afternoon, but... We couldn't tell that it was moving and the agencies were overwhelmed so there was never any advice provided that we were in the line of the fire. Mm. From an official warning perspective we didn't know anything apart from there was lots of smoke in the air and sort of coming over our, our head, over our town. So the official warning system failed? Well our expectations of the official warning system failed. <laughs> It was 2009, things were still fairly 
rudimentary, I guess. We relied on websites and radio, but I think the agencies were overwhelmed and their systems weren't focused on providing information to people at that stage. They were very much about fighting fires and Mm. moving trucks around, so they really didn't think much about community. Mm. Well, Australia does have a new fire warning system in place now. It's meant to be simpler and clearer than the old system. Do you think it has improved things? I think there's been lots of improvement. Mm -hmm. So the fire apps, emergency apps in all states now give much better information and provide advice, which is useful. But the new system has also brought in a much simplified and I'll suggest dumbed down structure. So the fire danger warning signs that are now on the sides of roads have been simplified and that's a problem because there's sort of two lower levels and there's two upper levels and the one of the upper levels which is extreme goes from total fire ban days right up to catastrophic and that's kind of every hot summer day. The problem with that is that people used to use the old system which had severe, extreme and catastrophic, people would be able to use those to plan what they were doing for the day. And on severe days, it was pretty much some people left, uh, some people stayed and watched and were very much more aware and took actions when something happened. Mm -hmm. Now it's just called extreme, which is a bit, bit over the top for those milder days. So people who were going to evacuate or or leave home on extreme days are doing it on days that aren't really so bad and they're becoming very tired of that and so they're not taking any action pretty much they're just very confused. The teething issues played out on September the 4th when Queensland authorities declared much of southern Queensland would face catastrophic conditions. Those on the ground say they never eventuated. We had a situation, I think last year, we had one extreme fire danger day and it was hot and dry over in the Werribee area, which is to the west of Melbourne, and that was probably reasonable, but in the Yarra Ranges, uh, it was cool and I think it's rained in the afternoon. And so it just confused people as to how to read those and they're not taking much notice anymore. So it's been a bit of a catastrophe itself. The Federal Emergency Management Minister Murray Walsh insists it is a significant improvement, it just needs some refining. But from what you're saying, it's actually become quite ineffectual. It doesn't help people and that's the whole idea of it. And I I worry that it actually has been changed to make the fire services job easier or simpler or something. But it, it doesn't help people, which is the whole intention of it. We've gone backwards. Well, Steve, with warnings of another bad fire season ahead, what's the main thing that you learned from the experience of Black Saturday, do you think? My main advice is in those catastrophic conditions that everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Mm. So people shouldn't expect warnings. They shouldn't expect someone to knock on their door and tell them to leave. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't expect the sort of the simple things they've done to be effective. And from personal perspective, I guess we were down, you know, we, we had a plan. Our plan was to stay with the house if there was a fire and we did until ultimately it 
caught fire in the roof. Our plan was to stay and the house would protect us. And by the time it was all over, we were down to plan D, which was pretty much making it up as we go. As we approach this next bushfire season, how are you prepared for what might come? So we have a fire pump, which is better protected than the old one, which stopped working. We've got sort of backup systems. We've got a generator. We have better planning, but by the same token, we're 15 years older. Mm. So we have to be aware that the planning to stay may not be a good thing. So we're now looking at, now on these sort of days, we'll stay and we'll be okay. But on those catastrophic days, but perhaps we should not be here. How important is it? that as a community you're prepared? We've learned a lot since 2009. And in fact, in a couple of weeks, we'll be running a community-led fire safety night. Uh, and we want to help them develop plans for themselves, but also for them and their neighbours. So we can work together as a neighbourhood and we can work together as a town to be safer. We've also got a, a local system of contacting neighbours via an app and we'll ramp that up and, and get people used to that in the coming into the, the summer season. In those catastrophic events, it's the only thing that works because we can't rely on fire trucks turning up to save us. Steve Pascoe is a former firefighter with 30 years experience in emergency management. He lives in Strathewan, 45 kilometres northeast of Melbourne's CBD. Simon Geraghty lives in Wallumbai Valley in the Hunter Valley in New South Wales. He's on the Committee for the Community's Resilience Network. This episode was produced by Bridget Fitzgerald, Lara Corrigan, Sam Dunn and Anna John, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening.